you have to have a clear understanding of what you want before you go into the negotiation. And you have to be able to walk away if it's not going to work for you. And you have to be okay with that. Oftentimes, we don't want to give up whatever the deal is or the term. We want to make it work. And oftentimes, we do it to our detriment. We agree to terms that don't work for us. Hey, what's up, friends? I'm Vince Del Monte, father, husband, and the OG of online fitness marketing. For more than a decade, I've been committed to helping skinny guys pack on muscle. And after building multiple seven-figure online fitness businesses, I've achieved freedom and financial security through mentorship, hard work, and my passion for fitness. And I want to help you do the same. Recently, I've built the best mastermind coaching program that exists for fitness professionals by giving you the shortest no BS path to grow to six, seven, and even eight figures regardless of your starting level. My coaching was designed to give you the skills, systems, and support to become an industry mover and shaker and build the business and life of your dreams. Hey, welcome back, friends, to the Vince Del Monte podcast. I'm here with a good friend who's been on the podcast in the past and uh, is back here, self-defense specialist Tim Larkin, and uh, really excited to have him back here. He's going to be speaking in Las Vegas in a couple short weeks, and uh, he's going to be teaching us lessons that he's uh, learned from the self-defense world, the combat world, and how they transfer into becoming a successful entrepreneur, successful business owner. And uh, I don't, I don't want to take too much time here, but his bio is quite, quite extensive. So I do want to read a couple of cool things. And for those who don't know, uh, for the last 30 years, he's been the founder and creator of TFT, which stands for Target Focused Training. And uh, Tim's been well known in the self-defense and close combat training world by under the radar folk. And, um, ordinary folk uh, like me. <laughs> and he's the guy operations like the U.S. Navy SEALs, Armed Special Forces, and the U.S. Border Patrol call in behind the scenes to teach them when it's kill or be killed. And uh, I can only imagine, uh, Tim's going to talk a lot about this today, if this stuff works in that type of situation, does it work? How much more effective is it in uh, an environment where your life actually isn't on the line, maybe in a business setting. So during the last 30 years, he's trained not only these elite military special forces and law enforcement units, but corporate and civilian clientele in New York, Las Vegas, London, and other cities around the world using a combination of live training sessions and online training sessions. And, and Tim, I'm hoping you're going to do some of those sessions that you did with us at uh, Bedros's Empire Mastermind a few years ago, because I'll never forget those. Um, Tim's a sought out public speaker. He's spoken to CEOs, government officials, business leaders in over 40 countries on how to use these same principles of surviving life or death violence in the less threatening environment of business. So there you go. He's the co-author of the best-selling book, How to Survive the Most Critical Five Seconds of Your Life, and the highly acclaimed online newsletter, Secrets for Staying Alive When Rules Don't Apply. And we'll get you his information so you guys can get all signed up and uh, get more of what you're about to hear today. So Tim, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me, Vince. So, so before... Um, we were chatting, maybe you can start, you know, just open up with uh, the, some of the insights that you've been gaining from uh, the work you've been doing with, uh, with the prison gangs. Yeah. Um, I, I, on my YouTube channel, I've been interviewing a lot of uh, former members of uh, Aryan Brotherhood, Mexican Mafia. I interviewed uh, Sammy Gravano, who was the underboss for, you know, uh, New York's crime family under John Gotti. Um, and what's really interesting is, you wouldn't think so, but a lot of the same information they use to run their organizations is very similar 
to what entrepreneurs uh, have to you know do. There, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of very useful knowledge from you know really the worst parts of our society. And uh, one thing that I learned very quickly is these individuals that rise to the level of uh, leadership amongst these uh, you know alpha predators basically uh, are very intelligent meaning they could be very comparable. It, it was really funny is they actually do get along when they've had, I, as I was telling you earlier, before we started, you know, we had uh Renee, Renee Enriquez, uh, his nickname is the boxer. And he spoke to uh, a chapter of a YPO in LA and it was a big deal. The sheriff's department came out because this guy's, you know, put away for life. And he's also protected because, you know, he is uh, informed against the Mexican mafia, but he basically, he basically came out and gave a presentation on, you know, how do you run if, if you're a shot caller, which is, you know, the equivalent of like a CEO type, um, you know, major player in there. How is it that the majority of these leaders are locked up 23 hours out of the day, meaning they get one hour out and yet they're able to still command and find ways to communicate with their organization that literally runs tens of thousands of people, not only in the prisons, but also on the streets. And it's really done through, you know, just a, a high, a highly structured vetting process. They really mm. understand, you know, the fact that they can't go anywhere. Like, you know, if, if we have problems, we can go to the legal system. We can go to the law enforcement community. We have a lot of different places we can go. They have to operate kind of like uh, a similar, almost to the guilds operated uh, during, you know, the Italian you know, uh, trading guilds and European trade guilds operated during the Middle Ages, where literally you would have a guild member, say, on the Silk Road doing some sort of a deal with another guild member. And if something went wrong, the only recourse was for one of the guild members to go back to his you know, guild and say, hey, listen, I did this deal. I was supposed to get X amount of cotton. This guy ripped me off. He didn't do it. And what happened was the guilds had to police themselves. And so the, they actually kept their own order, which is really interesting. And it's similar to what happens in, in uh, the prison gangs. Uh, there's a lot more for those of you that, that probably think prison is just this chaotic, you know, place where it's just random violence occurs all the time. You'd be surprised. Uh, the more I studied it, the more I realized how hyper-rational it is and how very calculating they are in everything they do, meaning everything that happens, you know, in a prison yard uh, is very controlled. And the reason it's controlled and it's controlled by the prisoners because there's commerce that goes on and whoever runs the commerce, that's a big deal and they can't afford any interference. Um, so they, they ruthlessly control, um, you know, what happens, you know, uh, on there. And, and there's some really good business lessons learned from there. Um, one of the things that I think is so interesting is the currency that they have, you know, like we'll, we'll grab a market share, you know, depending if we're, if we're running a fitness business, we're going to have uh, you know, maybe have multiple locations where there's a certain area that we pretty much dominate in. Um, maybe there's a certain clientele and that's our, you know, that's our area. We, we've got a really good market share there for them. Their currency is the effective credible threat of violence. Um, that they have to do. So violence is their currency. And so if you can get over that hurdle and just kind of look at it, you'll, you'll be surprised at how effective their decision-making is um, from an entrepreneurial standpoint. 
because their whole goal is, you know, they want to make sure that 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 they maintain their market share and that they maintain business coming in. So, so part of this, uh, we, we discussed. You mentioned a term called predator. Um, so, so they have this almost a, a predator mindset. Uh, I, I heard in sales, somebody said to a, a low performing sales guy, he said, "Dude, you got to step up, man. Predators respect predators, and you're not being respected in this environment." And I was like, "Oh, that a light bulb went out, uh, went off for me." And I'm like, "Huh? Yeah." So, so how do you how so the, the vetting process is a like it sounds like some of this stuff, like you can't train this stuff. It comes factory installed um, with, with some of these guys who have this predatory mindset. I wanted you to speak to that first. Can it be developed to, um, you know, assertiveness, um, aggression, um, you know, masculine energy? Like it's, you know, a lot of companies that I, you know, business owners I talk to too, that's just like, there's a lot of passivity. Um, people aren't speaking up. They're afraid of conflict. Like. I just wanted to hear your thoughts. First of all, can this be developed in somebody or is it like he doesn't have it, man? It's just, you can try, but you, you just don't, you know, you're never going to turn a corner. Just, just move on and try and find somebody who's got, you know, those claws and fangs that you need in order to get it done. What, what's been your experience with that? Yeah. Um, actually, the, you know, I think it's a myth that they think there are natural you know, natural leaders, natural people, they, they've learned things. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. So I was interviewing uh, Sammy Gravano, who's the former underboss of the Gotti family. And he was dyslexic growing up and he was made fun of as a kid. And uh, it, it was really, you know, devastating to him, you know, and there were no programs back then. And uh, here's this incredibly intelligent guy, um, but he's not allowed, he can't, go through the normal channels to do things. Now I'm not saying this is why he, you know, or justifies, you know, him becoming a gangster, but what was interesting was he went into a world where he could just use his mind the way he, you know, creatively could, maybe he couldn't do the traditional academics, but he understood how to make decisions during that time. And it was fostered and he was reinforced in that area. Um, so what's, what's interesting to me is predator mindset and, and, Predator is again. I know I'm using prison gangs as the as the mm-hmm. uh, as the example, but we're predators. Meaning, we are the reason we're here. The reason mm-hmm. you know we've all survived is because our ancestors were extremely good using the tool of violence. Um, that's because we are not the biggest, fastest, strongest species on Earth. You know, mm-hmm. if we had to be that, we wouldn't be here. What makes us dangerous? and effective is our brains our brain mm. our brains are really it, and that is your primary weapon and mm. so we all have that advantage meaning you know uh you don't have to have a persona of aggression you just have to be aggressive in your mindset and you have to understand passivity you uh mm. a lot of times probably what that individual was talking about to the guy saying hey you know predators respect predators was this guy probably was very passive in his uh, and very reactive probably in the way he ran things. Um, mm-hmm. He would, he would be in what I, what we would call um, there's the, you know, there's cause state and the effect state. And oftentimes we all operate in the effect state. And that was one of the things that once I brought that to the attention, when I, I think the, the guys that really grabbed it right away, were the Merck traders at the New uh, New York Mercantile Exchange. I did, uh, these guys were hilarious. I mean, it, it was in the late, early 2000s, actually. And you want to talk about type, a, type A's. These traders are just 
they're just animals. They, they just are. And they go in the pits and they, and they do all of this. Well, these guys would come after hours. I, I had them for a full week. They'd come right after trading hours, about two 30 and they train with me till about nine o'clock at night. And then they take me out every night. And it was, you know, amazing to hear these guys, but what they picked up on was I was talking about from a self-protection standpoint, meaning nothing happens until you cause an effect. Meaning you can think about whatever strategy you can think, Hey, I think I want to maybe hit him in the throat, or I might want to do this, or I might want to do this. But until you actually do something and cause an effect, nothing has happened. You know, there, there's no, there, there's no, uh, there's no advantage. Hmm. And what these guys caught up on, they go, oh my God. Yeah. Oftentimes we know we have to execute a trade. We know it's there, but we get so caught up in our paralysis by analysis hmm. that we don't cause an effect. We actually get, you know, swamped by, uh, by ineffective thinking. And what they saw was, yeah, when I literally I'd have a guy, you know, wrap his arms or his hands around another guy's neck and the whole focus, they would go, oh my God, they try to undo what had just been done to them. And what I taught them to do was, Hey, listen, this already happened. So now you got to look outward. You know, you can't control this. You can still think and move. He hasn't taken your brain out of the equation. Now you sit there instead of going, oh my God, I'm being choked. You should be, oh, thank God. I know where his hands are at. And if he was smart, he would have done a strike on me that would have taken my brain out of the equation. But now that I can think, I have to quickly look at what's available to me. Rather than focusing on what's already been done, these guys would redirect and think, what can I do from here? And they'd see all different options they would have to strike the individual. So it was flipping everything wow. in there that really helped them. They literally, the next day, took that to the trading floor. <laughs> and they came back and they were just like, yeah, we were just we made such quicker decisions. And we got out of things quicker. You know, mm -hmm. they, it worked both ways. If things were going bad, they quickly got out of it. If things were going good, they made that decision and doubled down on it. And it, it was really interesting because I didn't teach. I was literally teaching just self-protection. I wasn't teaching any business concepts. These guys, you know, they're very aggressive guys. And um, the, the guy that invited me, one of the chairmen, uh, just trained with me a lot. And he just wanted the whole guys, you know, all the guys at the board to, to be able to go through it. So it was really interesting to see how they applied the business principles from this um, and what they did. And, and there were little things that that we talked about during the week that I've I've helped you know when I'm talking to, to uh, talk to like y, YPO or or any other groups, and a lot of it comes down to that idea of okay how can you develop what's a very simple way for people to start developing this mindset that you're talking about right. and really it is it starts Vince with you controlling your you know your area meaning you you sit there you know you have three tasks that you got to get done before twelve you know mm -hmm. before noon time. And so you have this whole thing, you get your, your, your thing and you, you get going, you set your whole day up. And then all of a sudden the little ding comes up on your email, you know, or, <laughs> or your phone buzzes and here you are, you're in cause state, you're doing what you're supposed to do. You're working. You probably got through the first one. And now you're on your second one and boom, that comes up. And then you go, well, you know what? I'm going to check that out. And you check out that one email. That is when you go from being in cause state to effect state. And, and now you've given up your ability to make the decision and do what you want to do and control your environment. Mm -hmm. And so there are little things you don't have to be jump right into, you know, being an Uber alpha on a huge deal that you're about to do. What you do is you do these little tasks where you can control, uh, you know, your reactions to things. And then that builds upon itself. And then you just start getting a much stronger and stronger, uh, you know, mindset and control. And it's that predator mindset.
Right. Yeah. So it is the question is, is always like, why do we go to that default, like victim mindset, like something's happening to me? Like it's, it's, the, it's the instant thought process. Oh man, this, look what's happening. Look what's going on now. Yeah. And you're, I hear what you're saying on how to retrain it just fr- from like, why are we so, why do we just give up our power so easily though? Like, is it because it is a muscle we have to flex, if you will, to develop. It's something we're not trained to do. But it is the default mechanism of like, I mean, I think for most people who haven't gained that self-awareness, it's like, oh, shoot, his hands are on my throat as opposed to looking at, look at all the other opportunities I have. Yeah. Aggression uh, of any sort, you know, especially now, you know, I mean, you know, last time I did a podcast with you, the world has really changed. I mean, right. um, I could have had this talk with you and people would have been way more accepting of it. Right now, people are very uncomfortable to show any sort of aggression. Mm. Uh, and and aggression, aggression has been given a bad rap. It's like, it's a bad mm. thing. It's positive aggression, you know, but the thing is we're good people. And so mm. oftentimes that's really it. I'm not saying it's just because we're, we're, we're I'm, I, I don't believe it's because people are weak. It's because we're trying to function within society. We're trying mm. to be good people. And we're told if you're aggressive, if you go after things, you know, you should always take into consideration everybody else. And oftentimes we put ourselves last. Mm-hmm. And it's a, this fear basis of be, not wanting to be perceived as a um, aggressive person um, because mm-hmm. it's, it's so hit down. You know, we talk about male toxic, you know, toxicity, and I, I know you you probably have females too, but yeah. um, you know, right now, male aggression is really being thrown down. And oftentimes, women uh, that I've trained do the same thing. They're, they're they the same methods that work for men work for the women too, and the mindset works. It, it works for human beings, but we're told that you know, that, that almost like you're a bully, if you think like that. So, so we shy away from that. We throw the baby out with the bathwater. Now, hmm. when I deal with like these prison gangs, yes, they have to use violence, you know, to, they have to be very credible in their use of violence and they have to back it up with that. Okay. So that's a completely different world, but we can learn a lot of valuable things from that. Same thing here. We have to protect our business. We're here to build our business. We're here to, you know, we we believe in our product. We believe in everything. Those are good reasons for you to be aggressive in your pursuit of market share, in your pursuit of a better deal. If you're negotiating your financing or something for that, you want the best deal for your company. And that doesn't mean you have to be meek, you know, because that's not the victim mindset. While it's given this, this ridiculous, uh, uh, you know, almost heroic status, especially yeah. in Western civilization right now. It, it, it's really a fast track way to live a horrible life. You've got me perking up here now because you're like, yeah, you're hitting a soft spot here. Because I, I mean, I know for myself, I love asking, I love doing these podcasts too, because I get asked questions from my own pain points. But yeah, like there is probably a continuum of nice to when you need to raise your voice. And, and um, when do you, you know, you kind of like, you can't yell at everything, right? It's like your kid, you know, you're always yelling at everything, right? You got to know, okay, that, okay, cross the line. You know, when this happens, this is what daddy's going to do. It's so speak to knowing how to use your voice effectively, knowing how to use aggression effectively. So that it's not your default tool. And that when you use it, it like lands uh, really well. and, And maybe some insights on that. It's really funny. Uh, aggression doesn't have to be a loud voice. It doesn't have to be that aggression happens up here. It's how you look at it. It's the same reframe that we just did from a guy choking you and oh my God, I'm being choked to oh my God, I know where his hands are at. 
thank you. You know, it's that flip that we go. Um, and so in your mind, you're aggressive. Now you can be very pleasant in your conversation. It's like, you know, um, my, my good friend, Chris Voss, uh, you know, uh, uh, former FBI negotiator is great. We talk all the time and, and he lives here in Vegas and we talk about the idea of, you know, just like, ah, oh, you know, he has a great term. If, if, if a term is coming back to you in a negotiation or something where it's just not working for you, you go, ah, oh, you know, Hey, I understand why, but how could I do that? You know, I, you know, that the thing you get the other person on the defensive, you get the other person trying to explain why it's this, you know, this way for you. It's how you communicate. If you let mm. them consistently lead you and you're, you're two steps behind them because you're, you're in, you know, the cause state that I'm talking about, you're in the effect state. Um, you, you want to always make sure that you're aware of, am I in control of this? Am I in control of this from a standpoint? Is this working for me? And you have to have the you have to have the ability to know what you have to have a clear understanding of what you want before you go into the negotiation, you know, before you go into this or, or, or what your company needs when you're trying to get it. And you have to be able to walk away if it's not going to work for you. And, and that that has to be your credible threat. And you have to be okay with that. Oftentimes we 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 don't want to give up whatever the deal is or the term. We want to make it work. And oftentimes we do it to our detriment. We agree to terms that don't work for us. And wow. then it's not right away. We feel like, Hey, we came away and I got this, you know, I got this sale or I got this thing, but the terms that we agreed to haunt mm -hmm. us, you know, months down the road. And we end up feeling, I mean, how many times have you had a guy that um, just got, you know, did a deal, which is in theory, a big deal. But the margins on it were so poor and and what it cost to fulfill, you know, for his company, it just turned out to be really draining and really just awful, you know, for, for the company. Yet at the time, you thought it was a big win. Hmm. I love that. The, the aggression is a mindset and knowing what you want and having a credible threat like that, that in itself is that's the assertiveness. That's what you need. Yo, yo, 30 second announcement here. If you're a serious online fitness or nutrition coach or an aspiring trainer ready to go online, but you lack the strategies, the systems and clarity, you're intimidated by what you need to do to get to the next level and you want to enjoy more time off while making more money, while having a massive impact and bigger reach, give me two days in Las Vegas, baby, September 16th and 17th. And I'm going to show you how even our newbie students are crushing it to the tune of 10, 20 and even $50,000 months. I know that might be hard to believe. Many of them are even going beyond six figures a month with our organic scaling systems. If you want more information, go to sevenfiguremastermind.ca forward slash Vegas. The clock is ticking and we're giving away a limited number of seats to sit in and test drive our event. And guess what? You get a pick your price. You tell us how much it's worth. Submit a fair offer. If we accept you're in. All you got to do is book your flight and hotel and we will see you there. And the lineup of speakers we have will pay for your expenses 10 times over. So check it out. The link's in the description and I can't wait to see you in Vegas, baby. How, how, how do you start to combat this? If you sense passivity in your life, like, um, you know, I've done some work with 
a therapist trying to figure this out on my own. And I said, I said, is it because I'm a nice guy? She said, actually is not. We dug into it a bit. It has to go without telling my whole story and that it has to do with like uh, what I, how I was raised and loyalty to family and that, and I have this kind of savior complex. I got to save people, but um, it, it hurts me also because um, you know, the whole team will suffer because I'm tolerating somebody. So I'm not aggressive in like, man, we, you got to go. So, yeah. so what are some of maybe, how do you start to develop this? Is it being around this? Is it around having the awareness? What other, what other practices can we do? If we're aware, like I need to be more assertive. I need to be more of a leader. I need to demonstrate like, I'm not a poor leader. I'm not a weak leader. How do we, what are more things that we can keep doing to, to build on this? Well, the, the, I think the problem is a lot of us go in and uh, we jump into uh, say a leadership training or something like that. And we're all psyched about it, but yeah. we're focused. We're focused on uh, something that we haven't worked up to yet. And I think with everybody, you know, the kites and principle is so important. You know, we know about it in fitness. It's just continual improvement, small improvements. And so instead of trying to go and negotiate the big deal or the uncomfortable, you know, um, employee that you got to get rid of, you know, you got to get rid of them, but you know, you just, uh, you, you, you think about his family, you think about this, you think about that. What you have to do is you have to start small, start with small you know, you know, just a small thing, something as stupid as I, I said is, is, you know, not responding to your email right away, not, not taking the bait to get your focus off attention. And once you start doing this on a regular basis, it gets easier and easier. And then when you have that uncomfortable conversation that you have to have, it's oftentimes really easier than you think, because you end up, you have a clear understanding of why there's a problem. You then present it to the employee, you know, or, or the partner, or you say, Hey, listen, this is, this doesn't work. You know, how can this work? Um, we've had this, 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 and this, this just isn't a good fit. And they oftentimes end up exiting or they end up making it. I, I had a situation, I had a long-term term partner um, in my business and I kept them on way too long. I should have had that conversation mm-hmm. a long time ago. Um, when I finally had it, it was way easier than I thought. I'd made it 10 times worse in my mind. And it actually was when I actually had the conversation and actually there's a little bit of relief on his end because he wasn't able to keep up on his end of the bargain. And, um, I had an instructor one time, I have a group of instructors that, that I work with and I had no idea how toxic this one instructor was, but he was incredibly talented. He was really talented. He was very good technically at what he did. Even the clients loved him, you know, but the discord that he had within our, my instructor community was so bad. And I didn't realize how bad it was until I finally let him go. And then we, we just skyrocketed after that. I mean, the the guys were so thankful that I got rid of the, I got rid of this guy. And, you know, what was really interesting was he went on, he tried to compete and, you know, he blew himself up because Mm. he's just, he's just that individual, you know, and we were able to, you know, progress on and the people that we promoted up were far Mm. better than this guy had ever been, but we never would have discovered that if I hadn't done the work, you know, mm-hmm. and it was, it was really the fact I had to be, I, I myself had to start applying what was so easy for me in the training world, in the military world, in the business world, I kept thinking, well, I can't be like that. I can't do that's too, you know, that's too hardcore. That's too this. And it's not about being hardcore. It's about that hardcore mindset of protecting your principles and your values. Mm-hmm. And, and and what works for you in a lifestyle. So it's a very positive thing. 
Um, and, and the way you operate yourself too. I, I, another thing I learned, uh, I was talking to uh, Michael Thompson. He was a former uh, founding member of the Aryan Brotherhood. And it was really interesting. He he's since reformed. He's, you know, he testified against them and, and it was, it, you know, he's really turned his life around, but he talks about the idea of warm smile, cold heart. And the idea, the way we would apply it is we can be extremely pleasant in our discourse with somebody, but it's your, your ice cold back here. You know exactly what you want, but you don't have to be aggressive about it. You just have to be straightforward and you have to have your ducks in a row and know why you're going the way you're going. Um, and, and that to me is really interesting. I had, I had a friend, uh, who I taught this to, and she had a very successful business and somebody was trying to do an aggressive takeover, you know, uh, um, of her business, they were going to buy her out and everything. And she found herself, you know, with her legal team and everything, they were just always reacting to whatever the latest thing was, you know, that, that was being brought in there. And she finally caught herself and she said, Oh my God, I'm in effect state. And then she started ignoring everything they were throwing at her. And she started just going right back with what she wanted and Mm -hmm. it came out and she turned the whole thing around and she got her attorneys to get like that. And then once everybody refocused and started focusing on what they need, what the goals were for them in that, in that particular situation, she was not only able to save her company, but she ended up in a much better position after, um, but she caught herself mid negotiations, you know, you know, realizing, oh my God, I'm in effect state. You That's know, amazing. It, it's a very subtle but very powerful flip, and I'll, I'll I'll give you the most, you know, from a physical standpoint. Again, from life and life or death, the big switch I can do for most people is that I can give them in a mindset is most of us when we see a physical threat, we see somebody in front of us, and what we do is we notice all the differences of that mm-hmm. person. They go, "Oh my God, this guy's so much bigger than me. This guy's so much stronger than me. He's way more aggressive than me." Um, you know, you know, when we make it. You know, we, we really emphasize all the things that they have that we don't have. What alpha predators do is they see all human beings the same. They will look at a 280 pound, uh, you know, tattooed, you know, shot collar for one of the gangs. The same way they'll look at a 12 year old girl, meaning they'll look at that individual and they'll go, oh, there's his throat. There's his eyes. There's his knees. There's the groin. There's the bladder. There's the lower margin of the rib cage. Oh, that's where his kidney is. They see the similarities in wow. everyone. And that flip is huge, especially when it comes, you know, when it comes to life or death or self-protection. But the same thing with us, you know, we if you give power away, it, it'll be there. But if you refocus and say, okay, what similarities do we have here? Well, we both have to do this. We both have to operate in this environment. And you start focusing on all those things and the vulnerabilities that they have. Um, it, it's amazing how quickly your mindset changes. And so it's not, you know, I, I think I, a lot of times I see people with mindset training, you know, and I call it the false aggression, you know, where they try to do the, the, the hyper motivation stuff and the rah, 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 and all that, that'll, that'll leave you in a second. It's when you start using more effective mind tools, like what we're talking about, where your brain says, oh, okay, you want me to focus on this now. You don't want me to focus on the fact that the guy's bigger and stronger than me. You want to say, hey, where are the vulnerabilities in him? Where are the, where are the things that, you know, no matter how much he works out, he can't protect, you know, that that throat, no matter what he does, that eye, no matter what he does, it's not, you know, no matter how much he works out, that eye is not going to get any stronger. It's just as vulnerable. And now wow. the brain will do what you want it to do. It'll say, okay, I'm going to focus on all these things for you. And, and so That's it's just, it's, it's a choice you make. 
but it makes all the difference in the world. And what's interesting, like I said, with the traders, the reason it's so effective, um, you know, to physically train, you go through some training with it is because there's this kin. That's what they, they, they came back to me. There's a kinesthetic learning that goes on with everything else. You know, we, you got auditory, you've got visual, and then you've got kinesthetic. And what's interesting is the physical training that I have people do, um, it, it, it hits all three of those areas, but the kinesthetic is the one that sticks with you. you know, the actual taking, you know, the one square inch of you putting on the one square, you know, vulnerable inch of them and stepping through and mimicking injury to the human body. What's interesting was they said, that's what sunk in that, that the next day when they woke up, because all three areas had been hurt, had been hit, it actually stuck with them rather than just the, the auditory rah, 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 or, or doing things. It was actually doing the work and and walking through, not in a violent way, not in a hard way, but in a very methodical way that you went through. So, you know, I think the barrier is people think we have to become, you know, whoever your big mindset guy is of the day. I mean, I know a lot of people think it's like Jocko and a lot of people think of, uh, you know, a lot of the guys on, you know, a lot of the, the special forces guys or the Jordan Petersons of the world or, or people like that. And that's fantastic. It's all great stuff. Don't get me wrong. Um, but really what it is, it's just those subtle little changes that will flip how you look at a situation. Hmm. It's freaking genius. Uh, you actually can answer my last question here and it's, you know, overcoming the objection of somebody saying, yeah, Tim, that's not me though. It's, I can't do that. I wasn't like raised like that. And, and maybe you can speak to the consequences of not developing this predator mindset because, you know, I remember you sharing a story about, um, I remember my wife asked me, so what did this violence guy teach you? And and I, and I one thing that really stuck out to me was like, you said something to the effect of, maybe you can clarify this, is that if somebody's coming to kill you, they're coming to kill you. Like that is their intent. And if you think of business, there's people that are coming to wipe you out. They want to dominate the space. Like if you don't have a mindset, like, hey, dude, this guy's in your house. He has one intention to take you out. Like, you now need tools and there's consequences to not overcoming this mindset of, yeah, but that's not me. I'm not ever going to be like that. Maybe we could just speak to that and just to hammer home the importance of, and the belief that you can start moving in this predator mindset, whether you think uh, you're capable of it or not and why it's necessary. Yeah. I, I think probably uh, ethically, you know, my, my, the mantra that I'm known for, you know, the really tagline that I'm known for is, Violence is rarely the answer. And that's the first part of it. And people love that part. And they all, they can think of all the times when violence isn't the answer and it feels really good. But the second part of my statement is, but when it is, it's the only answer. Hmm. And that's what you have to realize in, in a business setting, meaning you, you can have a very ethical approach to business. You can, you can have all that. Your goal, you know, I talk about uh, in, in violence, I talk about antisocial behavior versus asocial violence. And when you understand the two, you know how to react. Antisocial aggression is just unpleasant interactions with people, things that are not life-threatening, things that you literally can just walk away from. Um, you know, it might be unpleasant, but there's no immediate threat to you uh, as a human being. When you understand asocial violence, asocial violence is if you had a chance to run away, you would. If you could have talked your way out of it, you, you, you would have done it. But what now you're facing is you're facing a human coming in at you and they are focused on, you know, grievous bodily harm. It is going to happen. 
And in that situation, you have to understand there's only one tool that will work and that's violence. Same thing in business. You know, you can operate very ethically and you can go, but when somebody's targeting you, somebody's going after your direct market or something like that, that is grievous bodily harm to your business. And you have to respond in kind and you have to understand, you know, where are you going to go? And, and, you know, once you're there, I think the problem is how we view that we view this as you have to be an unpleasant person. You have to be a, a a antisocial person. You have to be somebody that you wouldn't want to hang out with. And that's not true. You just have to have that mindset to say, Hey, listen, I'm not going to be pushed around. We all know people. I, I know many, many of my friends in business, great guys, super pleasant to hang out with, but they have no problem. When, when, when something is not good for their business, they're the first ones to say no. That the first ones to shut it down, and, but they do it in a, in a pleasant way for the most part, but a firm way. And mm-hmm. you have to sit there and, and in your mindset, you have to say, "Hey, this isn't good for either of us." Mm-hmm. You know, with with when you have that interaction with somebody, going, "I know you think this is something that that would be worthwhile and probably very advantageous to you." It doesn't work for me, and I, you got to be okay wow. with that. And and that's where I think we get wrong. We aggression gets a bad rap. And, mm-hmm. and that's used against us by people who truly are predators and truly are antisocial. And they will take advantage of you that way. They'll take advantage of you because you're, you're, you're a nice person. You know, we, we've had p- people, you know, I, I relate exactly to what you're saying, Vince, savior complex, the white knight. Uh, you know, my armor had to get beat up an awful lot by people who I was trying to be a white knight to, to, I realized, Hey, this is no way to live. And these people will take me down. It's it's the equivalent that they teach you in life saving when you're uh you know when you I remember when I became a lifeguard one of the first things they teach you is when you go out to get a drowning person if they grab onto you the first thing you have to do is get them off of you because you'll both drown and and you would think like pushing a drowning person away from you is a really aggressive thing no it's the, it's the kindest thing you can do to somebody because you're there to actually help them but this person is not going to take you down too um and, and so. It's understanding that you have a right to protect yourself and protect your business. Um, and once you develop that, you know, that mindset, you'll find out that you don't, you're not a jerk. You're not, mm. and you're just really effective in protecting your business. And you have to have a real clarity as to what really works for my business and really what doesn't. What kind of client do I want this type of client? You know, mm. is this type of client really going to get me where I want to go? Um, Because sometimes it's really tempting. They will throw some very tempting offers at you, but with Hmm. really lousy terms. And, (laughs) you know, you end up and then you don't have the ability to go anywhere else because you're so caught up with servicing this one client. You don't have the chance to go out and and grab, you know, probably what would be much more pleasurable, effective people. Wow. Tim, I could listen to you talk for hours, man. This this, this is fascinating, man. And um, uh, I can't wait for you to come down. Uh, we're going to be in your uh, in your hometown in yeah. Las Vegas, September 15th, 16th. And uh, we got a great lineup and really excited for you to come and share more uh, secrets, mindsets, rules, uh, states, and uh, mistakes that we need to avoid in order to uh, develop this predator mindset. And I just, I just love the whole theme. I love what you just said there at the end. You have a right to protect your business. You have a right to protect your home. You have a right to protect your livelihood. And that's what you're going to help us develop um, and I think it, there couldn't be a better time than us you know being in a recession 
whether it's 18 months, three years, five years, we need this more than ever. So uh, what are you excited about? Yeah, you know, that that's just it. I, this is a super challenging time for me in my industry. Um, we've been, I should be busier than I've ever been, you know, with everything that's going on, unfortunately, in this world. And yet, at the same time, um, I'm having to face, I'm having to face, uh, you know, being shadow banned, um, not being able to get my message out in, in a way. So it's been a really interesting time for me to apply a lot of what I've just talked about. I've had wow. to find new ways to get my message out. I've had to find new ways to get to people because we're not allowed through the, um, you know, social media platforms and stuff to really effectively put our messages out. We're, we're being squelched. We're, there are assumptions wow. being made about anybody in my industry, you know, that we are a certain way. And um, it, it was unthinkable, you know, that, that this could ever happen. So uh, I'm practicing what I preach every day right now. Wow. Well, good for you, man. Um, good always wins out. And uh, yeah, we're in a fight here and this is a fight worth winning. So um, Tim, we're really excited to have you and we'd love to uh, spread your message. So we're going to have a whole room full of people who are going to be there learning, taking notes, learning from your experience and that. How can people follow you up until the event and start uh, following your work? Where's the best spots? Yeah, you know, great, great way is just to go to timlarkin.com. Um, we, we have a free training that you just sign up for. Uh, it's absolutely like it is. It's absolutely free. It's uh, I believe it's 10 modules that you get of immediate access to training. And, and if you like, you know, some of the stuff we talked about today, it, it really goes in depth on that gives you a really good understanding of, uh, of what this approach is and how you can use it in your life. That's killer. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. Uh, Tim, what's your social media, your uh, Instagram handle? Uh, it's Tim Larkin TFT. Um, and yeah, yeah, I've got a lot of good stuff. I also have a YouTube channel, uh, Tim Larkin, I uh, just, you know, Tim Larkin self-protection and, uh, amazing interview. I, I interview a lot of subject matter experts in this world and uh, it's great. Uh, I'm looking forward. My next big one is uh, Robert Green. I'll be interviewing. interviewing. Oh, cool. Well, I'm really grateful to uh, you know have your time, your attention, your wisdom here and our members are super excited. We're very, very appreciative of you taking time to come speak to us. So it's going to be killer. And uh, for those of you guys who don't have tickets yet, you guys can grab those in the description. There's a link and uh, we're going to be uh, getting to hang out with Tim for, for a solid hour, hour and a half uh, before you know it. So don't miss out on that. He's going to go more in depth on everything we talked about today and be sure to follow him on your social media. Tag us if this was helpful, share it in your social stories and let's pay it forward and help more people develop this alpha predator mindset to protect their business and livelihood. Take care, everyone. Yo, yo, thank you so much for listening. I hope you got a ton of value. And as a token of my appreciation for enjoying the show, if you don't mind leaving a five-star rating as well as a genuine review, whether it's a sentence or a paragraph, that's up to you. I would like to extend my gratitude by sending you a free sample of my all-day energy formula, Preload. It is the world's only all-day energy and focus formula, and you will love it. All you got to do is head on over to iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review, take a screenshot, and then send it over to me on my Instagram account at Vince Del Monte with your home address, and we will get that shipped out. You are amazing. Thank you, and we'll see you in the next episode.